War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It is a uh, sunny Wednesday. It's chilly outside, but looking at the forecast, as you just heard, it looks like things are going to start to warm up just a little bit for some comfortable spring. Now, first of all, if you haven't seen it, you can go to the website, DePietro.com. Last night, state police shooting, undercover, uh, violent fugitive task force, right in Woodsocket. You can see the video. I was there. I got delayed a little bit in getting there. Um, it, from what we understand, there's also video that, that whoever they were trying to get right at Warehouse Liquors, uh, that they there was some kind of a ta- confrontation. I, I think he either started to drive away and aimed his vehicle at undercover state police and or had a weapon. There was supposed to be a press briefing uh, today, this morning. There is not one. I think they're still investigating. They were on the scene. It was a very active crime scene. If you want to see the video, just go to the website, petro.com. I also have it up on Facebook. So, folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Make it a great day at Ron's Pastry Gourmet. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, right off of 95. They're right off of Silver Spring Street, next to AAA in Providence, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Everything baked fresh, delicious calzones and sandwiches and sausage and pepper and delicious donuts and cupcakes ron's pastry gourmet 170 royal little drive in providence now new poll out rhode island governor dan mckee now he is addressing the media later today uh unfortunately i have a prior commitment with newsmax so i can't make the briefing but here's what we do know southern new england's governor's job approval rating massachusetts governor charlie baker 74 percent approval rating highest in the country uh governor lamont in connecticut 57 percent approval rating rhode island governor dan mckee third lowest in the country 42 percent his disapproval rating has shot up to 40 percent he's almost underwater but governor mckee folks this is the problem when you become the subject of an fbi probe now he is addressing the media today and there's some unanswered questions and i i I, folks i can't you can't cancel i said i would do this thing with newsmax i was already even asked to do something else today i i can't you can't cancel on these people i know what it's like when people cancel on you i can't i can't cancel on them i would have liked to have gone so but the morning council found only 42 percent of voters approve of the job governor mckee's doing 40% disapprove so they've fallen considerably last spring he had a 59% approval rating and his disapproval rating was 18% it's more than doubled so now his approval rating is the third lowest in the country behind apparently the governor of Oregon and they're both at 41% Governor McKee is right on the cusp think of that they're both at 41% he's at 42 Governor Baker, of course, 74% approval rating highest. So so he wants to be elected. Oh, also, they found Jack Reed's approval rating, 54%, and Sheldon Whitehouse's approval rating, 48% down from 51 So those two are both down. But this is dangerous uh, waters, I believe, for Governor McKee. Now, some, un- some unanswered questions. And again, I, I don't, I'm not saying, I don't like to tell other members of the media how to do the job because I don't like when people tell me how to do my job. But some unanswered questions. Did he hire an attorney for this FBI probe? What role is Eva Mancuso playing uh, in his administration? Will Governor McKee, will he forego claiming the fifth, you know, I, I want to exercise my Fifth Amendment right if called in front of a grand jury? And finally, when did he last speak with his friend Mike McGee, who left? They disformed ILO and the Chiefs of Change, and he left and he's taken a brand new job. So there's something up with that we'll see if any of those questions get asked but i also want to go back to last night the um the fact that this undercover state police shooting 
and we're still waiting to find out more of the details folks it's just another indication and um of the dangers that police go through and last night again you can see the video you know you have state police on the scene you see you have one socket police on the scene all work in conjunction together some kind of so someone who was wanted violent fugitive task force uh i i believe that this is a fatality we're still waiting to hear from the state police on exactly what that situation is and again first they were going to have a nine o'clock press conference this morning it's been canceled i don't I, and i don't know the the nature of that of why um this happened shortly right around a little after 7 30 last night so obviously uh, daylight and there was some people on the scene immediately after it happened and they were on the scene trying to give this person whoever it is cpr but it's just another indication of to me of the danger that law enforcement goes into so what is yet to be determined is whether or not this individual had a weapon according to a witness on the scene the police were firing at him and and they came six shots right through the windshield so that's like something out of a movie out of you know television drama film drama what have you but anyhow it's another indication to me of the danger that law enforcement faces maybe they just said hey listen you're you know it could be uh an outstanding warrant it could be someone identified someone i also know there was some uh motorcycle affiliation people that were arrested recently i don't know if it has some kind of a tie-in with that but by the looks of it, it it certainly looks as though it was um it was a fatal police shooting is is the way that it it looks so but these numbers for rhode island uh governor mckee the, the there's nothing good about this now the only thing is is we're going to see whether or not if anything in fact um come come comes you know if he can kind of rally the troops and i'm anxious I, again folks i apologize they just released yesterday that they were having this press briefing today where he's going to address the media i think at 2 30 with lieutenant governor Sivina matos if if not i i would have i would have attended because those are legitimate questions those are questions that need to be answered i'm i'm curious to see today how governor mckee is going to handle himself with the press because as of late you know he this is the first time and also the lieutenant governor and what their dynamic is going to be between the two of them now the other big story and i want to give credit to uh kathy gregg of the providence journal she is leading the charge on this story and it has to do with the fact of exactly um she has uh kathy gregg of the providence journal day three chasing an answer if would-be voters register online and apply for mail ballot online with quote state id cards i think she means cards issued by dmv to people without driver's license social security numbers how does the rhode island board of elections do signature matching does the dmv give them signature cards for those state id holders so finish the point what is the point of they say well we have signature verification what what is the point of that when it's an x why is an x an, an acceptable form of signature it should not be an x should not be uh instead they allow it to be that way that an x is a form of, and and they'll say oh this this signature verification how is that how difficult is it to screw up an x you're not talking about a real signature where you say you know john smith or hector gomez and the way that they would sign their name to something an x is pretty basic let alone the people a lot of times that are doing it they make it so you know there's nothing special about it there's no loop around the top of it it's um it's about as basic as as it can be and that's the form of verification that they're trying to use regarding voting so it 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 it, it that need that needs to change you know and i even mentioned this folks and again let me find the point if i want to log in from a new device with with facebook there's a two-step verification process i have to go through and a lot of times it involves where they text me a code and i have to put in the code we don't even have that for voting think how ridiculous that is how many people listening right now you try to use social media or maybe something with your bank or a lot of times social security or some kind of a, an investment fund and you want to log on to it and sometimes it'll say there's a new device 
or they have a verification process and they're gonna they they text you a code and you have to put in the code then therefore they they know that it's you or they email you the code i mean we don't even have that instead they say well we have a signature verification it's not a signature it's an x and anybody can do an x there's no way that that's going to be confusing so the the voting they're trying to push through this is where there needs to be a full push in the house and there needs this needs to be addressed in the house of representatives at the rhode island state house all right folks this portion of the program is brought to you by pr landscape materials and garden center it's a great day stop in rhode island's number one garden center they're open uh see all the beautiful selection pansies pansy flats pansy bags hangers and bowls assorted colors tulips hyacinthias daffodils hydrangeas they carry landscape material much more look for them on facebook they're open seven days a week rhode island's number one garden center they're waiting for you it's pr landscape materials and garden center 3688 quaker lane in north kingstown remember shop local support a family run business and take a ride to rhode island's number one garden center they're waiting for you at pr landscape materials and garden center 3688 quaker lane in north kingstown again they're right off of route four the selection and the service is first rate i'll see you at pr landscape materials and garden center you're listening to the john DePietro show folks you're listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 and we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, topetro.com. Right on the upper left-hand side, just click on Listen Live. It's time for our legal segment. Joining me right now, he is one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. It is our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, uh, first story we're going to start off. It's breaking in the past 24 hours. And it was interesting that, you know, we I always complain that I that there's some loop in our our voting a lot of states around the country have tried to firm up a lot of their voting regulations how they do mail ballots voting and so forth and so there was a uh, hearing at the Rhode Island State House that actually passed in the Senate but one of the sponsors said you know there were a couple people first they said zero then it turns out it means three uh that were in fact uh apparently charged at least with with fraud involving voting and i want to give credit to kathy gregg of the province journal jumped all over it the attorney general did release some information and um and it's it's just you know there's three individuals but to me this is one of those things this is three that they caught yes it, it, the irony is the story is breaking as the senate is, i think very foolishly voting on this um they call it some uh, euphemism free vote law or something along those lines but the three folks right now who are um in play um one gentleman um filed an attestation in rhode island that um he was not registered to vote anywhere else he votes in rhode island and then he was also voting in florida another guy i think was doing the same thing in illinois the problem is, I mean, these three will be prosecuted. The rules are so easy to get around. Um, and you make this attestation that you're not registered to vote anywhere else and you can't vote anywhere else. I'm not sure how deeply the Secretary of State's office is verifying the attestations that are being made. This new uh, voting uh, bill that the Senate has gone for, um, it essentially extends, John, all easing of voting restrictions that came into play during COVID. So no notary, no two witnesses required. Um, You can register for an absentee ballot online. If you don't have a driver's license, you can, um, I believe, show a social security card and the questions have been asked, what if you don't have any of these um, documents, Social Security card or a driver's license, how does one register to vote? And the um, Secretary of State's office essentially didn't have answers to that. They didn't really say how they would accomplish these things. So it seems like it's a rush to push this legislation through 
without having answers. I mean, Nelly Gorbea is one of the sponsors to getting this bill to the Senate floor for a vote. And she can't answer the questions about how do you deal with some anomalies that may occur with senior citizens who don't have driver's licenses or they can't get an identification card, which were an island issues. I mean, why even bother having elections? Why not just say, well, the bother with an election i mean right. the, the the possibility for fraud here possibility not actuality but the possibility for fraud is tremendous and you know the opponents say we don't want to restrict voting we just want to make it hard to and it seems to me that this bill that's passed makes it very easy to cheat yeah and you know then uh, the proponents of this say well you know, there's been no showing of widespread fraud. Well, it's hard to show widespread fraud when there's no signature verification with witnesses or notaries and you can right. vote by mail and you've got ba- ballot harvesting, uh, which is still incorporated into this legislation. That's right. So what are you, you going to do? Have people sit in a room and try to uh, look at signature exemplars uh, on the ballot? Um, compared to other known exemplars of where somebody has signed something elsewhere in their life, signed a check, signed a tax return, you know, signed something else. Um, lastly, I mean, it's been said by many, many, many people, like you have to show a license or identification to pack of cigarettes, to get That's on right. an airplane, to drive yep. a car, to do sure. many other critical things in life. Voting is a critical function that citizens in a democracy perform, but it should be citizens. It should be registered voters. And I don't know what the Senate's thinking um, in in passing this in its current form. Um, If there's no COVID um, pandemic, the loosening of voter restrictions, and even Fauci is saying we're past the pandemic phase, then why are we institutionalizing um, those voting um, um, voting requirements? Once right. they're codified in this law, they're never yeah. going to get rid of it. It's only going to get worse. Um, folks, again, we're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, just to, you know, <clears throat> these three individuals. So, number one, uh, well, as they were having the hearing, the senator, state senator from Newport, John Ewer, she said, Hey, you know what? Three people did, and guess what? They got If you go inside the story, it, it actually wasn't Rhode Island that was flagging them. It was it was other states, number one, that was flagging them. There's some kind of an online group that also, you know, somehow got a hold of this, and, and they must have access to databases, and then they, you know, flagged one of the states or something like that. And the other thing, Tim Dodd, that shouldn't be lost on me – well, it's not, it shouldn't be lost on everyone. It's not lost to me – is what, what ultimately seemed to trip these three up was the element of then placing something in the mail compared with, you know, they want to move to all these drop boxes. And if you take out the drop boxes, then, then there's no mail fraud. Then there are people, they, they're not even seemingly looking at, it, it, it seems very conceivable that there other people could have been, you know, voting more than once. I, I doubt it was just these three, but it's like, they're the three that got, Yes, you can. You have to presume there's more than just these three in, in the entire state. These three um, got caught. Um, but that's the trick. You loosen the voting requirements. Um, let's assume there's fraud through mail ballots, just for the sake of this discussion. And then there's a questionable election result. You say there had to be fraud here. And those who like the results say, well, prove it. Well, it's very hard to prove it when there's no verification of signature, no verification who the person is, no right. It's it's just too lax. You can't prove the fraud. It's built no. into the system. Yes. And the, as far as the signature ver- verification, I know that some of the proponents of it were saying, you know, well, we have signature verification, but what they don't mention and I know from, you know, studying this, we've talked about it, is an X is, is an acceptable signature. So it's one thing if someone is trying to, you know, mimic the signature of Tim Dodd, but it's pretty tough to say, I don't think that's his X. 
I mean, and basically, the, you just put an X, there's another X. I don't know how someone argues that it doesn't look like it's the same X. And that's where you need the two witnesses or the notary. That would take care of most of the fraud. Eliminating yes. those two requirements opens Pandora's box for all kinds of fraud. How yeah. can you how could you possibly have a system where no one's verifying that the voter is the person signing the ballot? It's crazy. Mm. Yeah. And uh, and Tim Dodd also now they're all, I believe, going to be arranged next month. This, this is the first case that I, I can recall uh, in some time. I guess there's some kind of a national verification that clicked in. It, it seems as though under Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, whatever program they put in, that seems to be what clicked off. And then they notified the Rhode Island authorities. It didn't seem to be coming. Uh, not that I saw on the Rhode Island end. That's right. That's my yeah. understanding as well, that Rhode Island didn't start the investigation. They didn't uncover the fraud. Another no. state had to say, hey, Rhode Island, you got some fraud voters yeah. on your hands. Yeah. Um, and, and I believe also uh, Governor DeSantis, Tim Dodd, he's also he just did it yesterday, introduced. He's going to have a special group or section or commission that that's what they're going to do is look for. Because he was saying. You know, just the way this is built up, you even you can't even get the uh, Kathy Gregg of the Providence Journal went to the Board of Elections. They tried to point her off and say, oh, no, it's not us. It's it's Gorbea's office. His office is saying, oh, it's us. And then they decide whether or not they send it to the attorney general. Uh, there's a lot of hot potato going on. I think DeSantis has the right. He's moving in the right direction. Why not have that? That's what they do. They they look for it. They ensure it's not happening. Someone that's accountable, and importantly, if someone suspects it, that's who you contact and have them investigate. Because right now, if, if someone picks up the phone and calls Cranston Police and says, and said, you know, I think I see someone or I know of my neighbor is, is voting more than once, I, I don't think Cranston Police would, would take the case or even know what to do with it. I agree. And I think Ron DeSantis is doing. You know, I'm sure the proponents of this uh, legislation in Rhode Island would say that's going to suppress the vote. That's going to make people afraid to come out and vote or some they'll have a story for it. But I think with all the shenanigans going on nationally with what's perceived to be, if not fraud, then certainly voting anomalies and all of the danger associated with the loosening of uh, voting requirements to have you know a task force to make sure that we're not having yeah. fraudulent voters um, stuffing the ballot box, if you will, is I think we, we our whole, entire government is a system of checks and balances. So That's I guess right. if one side wants to make voting absurdly easy with no. Um, cross-checking for who you are and if that's your signature and if that's you that's voting a balance to that which would be what DeSantis is doing which seems imminently yeah. uh, reasonable folks quick break much more our legal expert attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro show the problem with your heating system call R.E. Coogan Heating today 401 732 6562 24-hour emergency service gas boiler oil burner coogan heating 401-732-6562 they're helpful trustworthy reliable explore their services look for them on facebook and the website is recooganheating.com residential services as coogie says let us into your home don't fix it alone plumbing heating and cooling from winter to summer Trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. From service calls, maintenance agreements, installation, R.E. Coogan Heating, proud to help residential customers, and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold. It's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. It's Coogie. It's 24-hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago. Our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. Look for them on Facebook, and then the website is recooganheating.com. We're speaking with our legal expert. He is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, this next door, curious to get your thoughts on. Uh, we've been talking about it for a while. 
the investigation into DMV head Bud Crad renting out some property in Cranston. It got raided last June, June 17th by the Cranston police. Turned out they were running illegal massage parlor. Was it apparently that I don't think it was the first time, although I I think he was able to successfully argue that he wasn't necessarily notified the last time there was a raid there. He didn't he didn't ask why the police kicked in his door. But I'm curious. To, so he was cleared and Nerona said they can't really seemingly charge him as the landlord of knowingly renting to these people that were running these illegal massage. But I'm just thoughts on the um, Nerona, the, the two paragraphs, the attorney general released at the end. I, I thought that was uh, that was pretty, pretty stinging. Well, yeah, I think that Nerona didn't have the evidence um, worthy of a criminal prosecution. He probably, he and his team probably have their suspicions that uh, Bud Craddock knew what was going on all along. But, you know, the old adage for any prosecutor is there's a difference between what I think is true and what I can prove in court. Sure. So here you've got a situation where they may all think that Craddock knew what was going on, but can they prove it? And the right. answer is no, they can't prove it. Now, um, uh, Peter Nerona put in language when he came out saying, you know, there was a lot of smoke, but we don't quite have fire. And, um, you know, there were lots of red flags <laughs> and this business that was uh, renting from Craddock didn't have the trappings of a legitimate commercial exactly. Yeah. Just so the just so the listeners know, there was no sign. Uh they said Craddock even went inside. Uh they had inside surveillance cameras. They paid him in cash. He counted on the kitchen table or the table. But then he also noticed that they had black garbage bags taped over the windows and Craddock said, I think just to keep the light out. But um I, I mean you tell me Tim Dodd that Craddock seemed to be they and and let alone during the pandemic, he started going in person and, and collecting it as opposed to where in the past he he wasn't doing that. But go right ahead, just so the well, listeners understand what we're talking yes, about. Yes, and I think that there's a, you know, it's it's nice to be a Monday morning quarterback and say, oh, he had to have known, he must have known. Well, now that the uh, illegal business operation has been uncovered after the police raid it. Craddock um, moves to evict his tenants. People say, well, this, this was a Cranston cop. He was the chief of police. He should have better uh, cop instinct to know with all of these signs that something nefarious is going on um, with these tenants that he's renting to. So take the issue of rent that you raised. Okay, before COVID, I guess he was getting the rent direct deposited. After COVID, he starts showing up to collect the rent. Now, the cynic would say he must have been showing up because they were giving him cash, and that's why he would show up. Why else would you show up during a pandemic? Well, the only other reason, and I'm not sure what his answer was, during the pandemic, landlords were getting stiffed left and right by their tenants. They, They were getting creamed. I mean, the tenants knew they could get away with not paying. I'm sure if Craddock's knocking on the door, it's the first of the month with his handout, give me my rent. Um, it's harder to um, avoid paying the rent. True. So, I mean, I can see a legitimate business purpose. Okay. No. Yeah. But the other side of the coin is, come on, he was going in there to get cash. Why else would he take that chance during the pandemic? Exactly. But from a criminal standpoint, you can't prove that what he was doing was criminal beyond a reasonable doubt. I mean, we can all have our opinions. Some might think he certainly had to know. Others might think, well, he's a busy guy. This is a rental property. He's not really thinking about, is there, you know, a massage parlor operating out of this location? Um, did he have plausible deniability or was he being willfully blind? That would right. be a question for any jury. But yeah. I, I, I think that Nerona made the right decision in not prosecuting this case because it yeah. would not be provable at trial. Folks, again, we're uh, speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, this next story about this um, Westerly chairman of the Democrat Party down there. Now, they're, they're saying sexual assault, but it's, it's first degree. And not only is this, I guess this happened last Memorial Day, 
it, not only is the case kind of puzzling and it's been going on for obviously they've been investigating it for, for quite some time but the um the 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 person the accused just within the past month he attended an event i think it was in johnston and had his picture taken with governor mckee i know the mckee people are like going off the wall like how did this guy show up and get his picture taken with the governor as this is like hanging over his head but this is I, I don't know they don't use the word rape case anymore uh maybe because of the circumstances that new victim and and possibly it sounds like someone could have been impaired but but this this is first degree sexual assault two counts of first two degree counts. sexual assault yeah. now uh, of course th- this this guy from westerly just like I think his name's Rotako, just like any other defendant charged with a crime, has the presumption of innocence, um, and he can walk around with that presumption until he either t- does a takes a plea bargain or goes to trial and is found to be guilty. Yep. So, is it wrong for him to um, have his picture taken with the governor? Well, if the governor knew that this guy was about to be charged or this was being investigated, <laughs> not a great move. And if Rotako knew that he was about to be charged and he's a supporter of the governor's, then he (laughs) should have kept himself off camera range, if you will. But this is serious. Now, if these allegations are provable in court beyond a reasonable doubt, these these um, charges have the potential for up to life imprisonment. So first degree sexual assault is a cap. It's a capital case. It's a capital case, much like um, rape or kidnapping or murder. So many times these will get plea bargained down to second degree, depending on the facts. And if there's any defense, if there's an issue of consent, I don't know much of the facts, even what we've seen uh, in the media, uh, other than saying that he's been charged, doesn't really give much of the background as to who the victim is, what's the circumstances of how these alleged um, um, criminal acts occurred. Uh, We don't have much um, detail as to what the allegations are and if they're provable. But in the short term, will will the man stay on as the town chair? I'm sure he'll be pressured into um, resigning or, you know, stepping aside temporarily while he defends this. But, you know, from the criminal standpoint, he's presumed innocent until otherwise proven. Um, but politically, it's certainly an embarrassment for him, for the town of Westerly, and indirectly, depending on how much of this sticks to the governor, which I don't think it will. I mean, I don't think it should. Oh, no, I, I, I'm just saying, just on a, the, on a side note, I just had heard that they couldn't believe that he went to this event and then even had his photo taken. <laughs> but Tim Dodd, it was said it was this May 29th, start of the Memorial Day weekend. It, it accuses him, Rita Coving, engaging two sexual acts with the victim, even though, quote, he, he did know or had reason to know she was physically helpless at the time. Uh, could that maybe intimate that maybe someone was, you know, under the influence of something? Well, yes. I mean, and that's that becomes the question in many cases, and it certainly becomes uh, not only for a criminal case for sexual assault, um, as we've discussed before on college campuses, all this Title IX um, rules and regulations. Right. If a person takes advantage of another person in a sexual manner because that person is too intoxicated to reasonably consent or uh, protest to the sexual um, interaction, you know, that's something actionable uh, under Title IX to get you thrown out of school. But by the same token, look at Cosby. He is alleged to have um, drugged women and then taken advantage of them sexually. So if this guy retired, reasonably should have known that the person he was engaging in some sexual activity with um, could not consent because of, let's say, intoxication or being under the influence of some particular drug, that can be actionable if that person was not in a position to say yes or no, or maybe wasn't even conscious, John. I mean, we don't know how far that goes. Right. But, you know, the issue of consent will become um, important 
now the victim can say I was so intoxicated that I couldn't consent, you know, and um, the defendant here could well say, well, no, I mean, I had every reason to believe that this was a welcomed encounter and the person was lucid and engaged in what was going on. I I don't know which way it shakes out, but that's, those are tougher cases. If it's not just, you know, from a sexual um, assault standpoint, if it's question of consent and intoxication, those are tougher right. cases to prove. And Tim Deck, listen, I was also intoxicated. I mean, from what I remember, you know, there was consent here. Is this sound like the type of case that maybe could be pled down? Um, it very early on, sure, it does sound like yeah. such a case. Okay. Folks, um, we're going to take a short break. Much more ahead, our legal expert, Attorney Tim Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair-pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal-coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401 732 1730 j perry paving they are tremendous they also how about this once a month they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran and remember whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed call j perry paving for a free quote it makes a huge difference in your property in your home in your driveway or patio 401-732-1730 j perry paving 401-732-1730 you can also find them on facebook they're terrific hey get that driveway paved call and book an appointment now 401-732-1730 for j perry paving we're speaking with our legal expert attorney tim dodd tim dodd the uh, johnny depp case has certainly uh, boy he spent a lot of time on the stand um seemingly at times almost you know relaxed and going back and forth where, where do you think this this case stands now with the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case? It, it's tough to handicap. I mean, yeah. the guy is an actor. He has a certain, I guess, charm. I mean, I listen to some of the summaries and I'm just frustrated by his sort of halting, stammering, yeah. you know, very affected speech he's patterns. Yeah, right. He's an actor. I mean, he's got that Jack Sparrow kind of smirky smile, like sure. I know what's going on here. And he, I, I think he um, uses that to very good effect. I don't know what the jury makes of it, but when like uh, his attorneys are asking a good line of question, or more importantly, when Amber Heard's lawyers were asking some preposterous lines of questions on cross-examination, you know, Johnny's sitting there smirking. Now, does like knowing that the, the Amber's team is sort of stepping in it, and that conveys a message to the jury. Now, does the jury like that? Are they offended by that? Who knows? Um, right. I think from a lawyering standpoint so far, of course, Amber has not put her case on yet, but right. her counsel um, in terms of the cross-examination of Johnny Depp, I don't think did a very, very good job. And yeah. Johnny Depp put on his, um, the uh, psychologist who did a um, forensic analysis of Amber Heard, um, pretty devastating testimony against Amber Heard and her counsel when trying to pick apart this expert, I, I, I didn't think did a very good job at all. Um, mm. I, I presume these are very expensive lawyers that both teams have. And um, I, I found that what I observed of Amber's team, especially on cross of Depp and of the uh, forensic uh, psychologist, didn't do a particularly great job but we have to keep in mind john this case of course it's the different rules of evidence and a different standard of proof johnny depp has already sued in uh, great britain the sun newspaper on the same basic allegations where the sun mm. printed an article calling johnny depp a quote wife beater close quote 
He sues for slander. He sues for libel. He sues for defamation. He has a trial. Witnesses come in. And the court, at the end of the case, um, found that Johnny Depp had not proved his case and said, quote, it's more likely than not that you are a wife beater. Now, that's in England with their rules of evidence and their standards of proof. But that doesn't bode well for Johnny Depp. Right now, his case seems to be going pretty well. I mean, it's embarrassing stuff. He's passed out. He's on cocaine. He's drinking. He's passing out from alcohol. Um, He's all drugged up. He has dreadful arguments using dreadful language with Amber Heard, but she would give as good as she got. I mean, she was no shrinking violet. She was on the attack. She's recording all these encounters. I mean, I don't, everything these days, but she seemed to be very um, on top of recording every encounter that perhaps perhaps she knew she'd be pushing his buttons and was looking for a reaction. Um, she doesn't come across in these um, recordings very sympathetically so far. Right. She has not put on her case in chief against him when she gets to do that. And when she takes the stand, you know, we may have a very different uh, perspective on the strengths and weaknesses of both cases. I, I still would have a hard time right now finding that the jury is going to award Johnny Depp any significant amount of money. But again, that's without hearing her case. Uh, maybe she'll wind up getting money. But I, I, I think that this whole exercise, he gets to tell the public what he was going through and his sense of what happened. Does this revive his career? Right. Um, does this get him a financial payday? I, I, don't, I don't know. I, this seems like this is uh, an exercise in, you know, both sides publicly venting their spleen, but I don't see either of them walking away with a particularly significant monetary award. I don't know. Yeah. So far. Finally on that case though, uh, what about the, they seem to be Amber Heard. They're arguing, Hey, listen, if his film career is, is in, you know, turmoil, he's he's going to kind of on the downward slope of his career. It's not due to us. It's due to his behavior on the set and because of the, the drugs and the drinking and, the, and and it's not just because somebody wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post. And he did a lot of crap movies. I mean, he did yeah. some just horrible movies. Right. I don't know who his agent is, but he was, I don't know if it's his choice or that's all he could get, but he was taking some roles that his performance um, wasn't, movies right. were just um, really not good at all. I mean, yeah. even after that first Pirates film, which was, I thought quite a good movie. All the right. s- sequels, each one was worse than the one before it. Yeah. And he picked a, lo- a lot of um, unfortunate choices. So that is a good argument on her part that his career was sparked because of his own conduct and the own, his own choices of film, not because of her. Folks, we're speaking with our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim Dodd, what are we to make of this um President Trump once again in the news, and now they're threatening that he may get fined. Uh, in, 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 I'm not saying as a, but what, what are we to make of this latest legal problems or challenges for the former president? Well, this all all stems from um, the um, single-minded um, mission on the part of the New York Attorney General Letitia James to get Trump. Yeah. She's made it known. She's going to get Trump. That's what she wants to do. She's going to get Trump, you know, one way or another, she's going to get him. So right now she's delving into, um, it's a civil investigation, not criminal, into the Trump organization. The uh, allegations are that uh, when convenient, the Trump organization would overstate the value of certain uh, real estate holdings to get better financing and yep. in other circumstances, undervalue um, real estate assets so as to avoid paying taxes uh, on the true value. Now, records were subpoenaed, records were produced. Uh, the AG says, well, not enough records were produced. In a subpoena situation, you know, you've got to show as the person who's 
subpoenaed that you've made reasonable efforts to comply. And certainly there can be um, an investigation or questioning under oath as to what steps you took. Where did you look? How long did you spend looking? What did you find? You know, and go through the whole um, exercise of how efforts were taken to find the material that would be responsive to the subpoena. Letitia James says, they didn't give us enough. Trump's attorney says, Judge, we did everything. We did this, 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 and this. The judge says, I, I don't think that uh, Trump and his organization has, you know, given this a legitimate investigation. They just gave selective things. So the judge orders Trump to be held in contempt and to pay uh, 10000 a day uh, until he cures himself of contempt by producing the balance of the records which have been subpoenaed they exist and presuming they're within the Trump Trump or the Trump organization's control. Trump's attorneys naturally are appealing this judge's um, finding of contempt and ordering a 10,000 per day um, fine. What will happen on appeal? Who knows? But if Trump's attorneys don't um, get this reversed on appeal, then either he's going to continue to pay $10,000 a day until he complies, or he'll have to cough up more records. So mm. I guess Letitia James is um, true to her word that she's going to move mountains if necessary, but she's going to get Trump. Mm. Folks, um, we're going to do one more story, actually, if you don't mind, Tim Dodd. And I just think it's interesting, this couple out of Massachusetts that bought, I, I found this story interesting. They bought the house on the golf course. And uh, figured, okay, you know, you're you're in a golf course. They fell in love with the house, but um, what they then went through, and there's some lessons here to me. How the the course seemed non-responsive as they were, you know, objecting to some of the things that were going on, and uh, and and it sounds like, I mean, obviously this could still get appealed or whatever, but for now, the way they documented it and how this you know case made its way through, it it sounds like they could be getting a big payday here. Yes, it's a very uh, unique and interesting story. This this family um, buys a house for I think seven hundred thousand dollars on the I think the fifteenth hole of this particular golf course in Massachusetts. Um, so they close, they move in, they've got a view of the golf course. Everything's great. Um, fast forward a little bit of time, suddenly golf balls are whacking into their house all the time. In the course of, I think, a year and a half, they had like 700 golf balls um, come onto their property, sometimes smashing windows, um, damaging their, um, I, I don't know if it was aluminum or vinyl siding, but the exterior of the house is full of pockmarks where balls have hit the uh, side of the house. Windows have been smashed. Um, kids in the neighborhood have to like wear uh, bicycle helmets at all time, and they <laughs> they run past the house because they're afraid of getting hit. Uh, now the family claims emotional distress, emotional anguish, um, and they went through all of the steps they took to try to work with the golf course. And says it's not like we did nothing we tried changing the direction of the uh the tee box we tried doing a lot of different things nothing seemed to work one of the things that the golf course brings up is that the house in question and all the other houses which um abut the the course the club has an easement across the property of these people who are complaining an easement, I guess, where they know that balls will occasionally show up. So the question really is, um, did, should that easement have defeated the claims of this family? Now, the jury awarded them somehow, I think about $3.5 million with interest is up well over $4 million. Um, I don't know what the evidence was produced about the emotional or psychological damage this family encountered. Uh, did they lose their jobs? Did they have to go see psychiatrists? You know, what did they go through on a physical or emotional level that could have ever created an award of that size? 
I mean, even if you condemn the house saying it's not livable, it should be knocked down because it keeps getting whacked by golf balls. You know, what would be seven or eight hundred thousand dollars? I don't know where they get to such a high figure. Now, the, the club is certainly going to appeal. And based on what I've learned about this case, I can't imagine that that jury award is going to stand up. Okay. Folks, again, he is our legal expert, is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, great job as always, and we will talk to you again. Thanks, John. Take care. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane, to Rhode Island in Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com, Propane Plus heating and cooling in massachusetts call the rehoboth office 508-252-3359 and in rhode island 401-885-4209 you can depend on propane plus portion of the program brought to you by the coesed inn check them out on the website depetro.com the coesed inn or rhode island tradition since 1977 located 226 coesed avenue in west warwick whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers there's always a great crowd you can link directly to them and gift certificates are available the coesed inn 226 coesed avenue in west warwick you're listening to the john DePietro show on am 1380 99.9 fm folks remember you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com check out the website dipetro.com we have original unique exclusive stories videos content all our links to social media facebook twitter instagram youtube it's all right there and that's also the best way to reach me log on at the website d-e-p-e-t-r-o.com dipetro.com into brood awakenings and discover the brood difference two locations in johnston also in cranston pontiac avenue and then also bald hill road in warwick brood awakenings they're local fresh ingredients cozy environment great comfortable chairs delicious breakfast sandwiches lunch great drinks and coffee and plenty room to spread out and meet people i'll see you and you'll discover the brood difference at brood awakenings of the john DePietro show brought to you by realtor pat elston call pat today 401-474-5253 there's a link right directly to her on the website dipetro.com caldwell banker realty based in cumberland 20 years experience licensed in rhode island and massachusetts pat services all of rhode island and southeastern mass contact pat elston today 401 401- 474-5253 and you can find a right on the website to petro.com